0: Hey friends, welcome to this special series we're doing this week called Your Church and COVID-19. Today's episode is all about leading through volatility and uncertainty with Dr. Rick Franklin from Arrow Leadership Ministries. Love these guys. You should be checking them out, learning more about them. It's a great conversation. We did have some audio problems during it, so but I'm going to ask you to push through. Uh, there's some killer content, really super helpful for you. I think if you're particularly involved in some pastoral care situations right now, or if you're looking actually to frame some uh, stuff for your med- message for this weekend, I think you'll find today's conversation uh, helpful. Listen, I also want to direct you to one of our longtime sponsors here, HouseRite. These guys are amazing. Uh, I know this is one of those times where uh, things are a bit topsy-turvy and you may be looking for help on the streaming side. You may be looking for help on audio visual lighting. Uh, You should pick up the phone and call our dear friends over at HouseRite. That's HouseRite.com forward slash unseminary. Matt McKay and the team there are uh, not only incredible technologists, but they are ministry people. They have served in local churches, big and small. Uh, They would love to talk to you today to help you with uh, the solution that you're dealing with now and into this coming year and in the next year. It is never too early to call them. Uh, so, whether it's in this season or whether you're looking at uh, launching new campuses, whether you're launching a uh, planting new locations, that sort of thing, launching new buildings, they are the people you want to talk to for audio, visual lighting. Houseright.com forward slash unseminary. All right, let's jump in with today's episode. Let's go.
1: This is the unseminary podcast stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Yeah. Well, you bet. Well, Arrow Leadership, uh, we've actually been around for almost 30 years now. Uh, We were founded by Leighton Ford, uh, who was an evangelist serving with Billy Graham for uh, 30 years. And uh, he recognized as Billy was beginning to transition uh, that it was really time and opportunity to raise up a new generation of emerging leaders for the church. That's Big C Church. Mm -hmm. And, And in particular, to help develop Jesus-centered leaders. And that's what we do. We develop Jesus-centered leaders. And by that, we mean leaders who are first and foremost led more by Jesus. That's mm-hmm. really the foundation. Uh, but also leaders who would lead more like Jesus and leaders who would lead more people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. there, there are really, there are three things that we do. We have uh, programs. We're most well-known for the Arrow Leadership Program. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's been going on here for nearly 30 years, uh, focusing on developing emerging leaders, 25 mm-hmm. to 40 years old, front lines mm-hmm. ministry, mm-hmm. Uh, but also executive uh, ministry leaders um, who are leaders of leaders in a church ministry context. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have a, a new business or a new marketplace leader uh, that we're actually beta testing not far from you in the Toronto mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. called Arrow Entrepreneur. But, um very cool. We've got programs where people come to us and just really experience incredible transformation um, and community mm-hmm. for a lifetime of impactful, effective ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a variety of services and resources. Uh, you can find out a lot more about it, obviously, on our website, arrowleadershipalloneword.org. Mm-hmm. And that's arrow, like bow and arrow. We, we actually take our name from Isaiah 49.2, which talks mm-hmm. about the Lord sharpening his arrow and putting it in his quiver for his service. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what we're about, is we're about coming alongside and sharpening and polishing leaders and ministries to be as effective as possible, in what God's called them to do and be. And mm-hmm. for us, it's all about how can we lead differently, uh, lead courageously and boldly and effectively. And that's, that's needed more today than ever before, especially in the midst of, of the current context that we find ourselves in with the coronavirus.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, um, I think this is very timely. I'm honored that you would take some time out, I know, from a busy schedule to be uh, with us, and I think it would be particularly helpful for folks that are, are leading in. I've joked with many Aero grads, so I'm not an Aero grad, but I've joked with many Aero grads that it's like the Christian mafia the 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 arrow is just this substrate of incredible leaders so many people that i respect in the christian world uh you know in vocational ministry or not um have been through your uh program and i just i j- just respect it deeply and so honored that you would take some time uh to be with us here Today. Well, friends, as you're logging in, why don't we give you a kind of a bit of a sense of how today's going to work? Again, we'd love for you to, as you're checking in, let us know where you're coming in from. We got people, again, from all over the place Stony Creek, Ontario, um, you know, Wisconsin, Texas. Uh, Georgia, Athens, Georgia, that is a great town, Athens, Georgia, Um, lots of places. So let us know where you're coming in from. Uh, And if you'd like to ask a question, we are going to do some Q&A. So, um, you know, Rick, Rick's got some content we want to go through. We've got a a bit of a conversation that we'll have Q&A. So just leave your questions in the chat box and we'll get to those. Um, a little bit later in the you know, in the time, our goal is to be done at the top of the hour or a little bit before the top of the hour, because I know that everybody 's got lots of things going on these days, so uh, you know you, you don 't need to worry about what 's coming on next. Just stay focused here uh, again. Uh, we really believe that uh, you know we, that we're, this is going to be a super helpful conversation for you so why don 't we start uh, Rick this This new, you know, when you hear a phrase or, uh, and then it's like, you see it everywhere. And, and so VUCA, I, I, it's like all of a sudden I now see this everywhere. Literally this week, I keep bumping into this acronym. Uh, let's talk about this. What is this acronym and why should we be thinking about it as leaders today?
1: Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, uh, this this acronym, VUCA, is actually not that new. It's, it actually mm-hmm. was created by the U.S. military. Um, first attribution is 1987, so it's been around for a while. Yes. And there were some leadership experts uh, who popularized the term. But the, the reason why it's important, and I'll unpack it here in a minute, mm-hmm. is it's really important to understand our current context. And what I think it does is it helps give us a quick, easy handle to mm-hmm. understand where we are today, and so VUCA is simply an acronym, and it stands for four things. Uh, The the first is volatility, and and that really has to do with the instability. That has to do Mm. with the the unexpected changes, Um, you know, in a military context, really had more to do with the global military situation, with the ending of the Cold War and the beginning of terrorism. For us today, we just look at the financial markets. Mm. Um, We we look at the Johns Hopkins uh, website counting uh, the number of coronavirus cases. We've we've maxed more than 400,000. We'll probably hit 20,000 who have uh, succumbed to it uh, today or early tomorrow. Uh, This is a volatile period of time. There's unprecedented volatility in many ways. You, uncertainty. Uh, And and we're going to come back to that a bit, but this idea of things are unclear, things are unpredictable. Uh, Just think about the way your life was three weeks ago, (laughs) and where are we today? Um, And now when we think about tomorrow, well, we don't know what to think about tomorrow, and that's uncertainty. C stands for complexity, Uh, and that's, you know, there are so many different variables that that are at play right now, and and they're connected Mm -hmm. in a variety of ways. And, and so that creates the sense of complexity, but also see represents change
2: mm-hmm. and
1: change today um, is, it, it, again, is absolutely unprecedented. We haven't seen mm-hmm. the, sw- the swings, for example, in the financial markets. The U.S. Uh, uh, stock exchange, 37 percent loss uh, over the last three weeks. It's mm-hmm. gained back a little bit today. Um, mm-hmm. but. An incredible change. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The change in your own lives. Uh, what yep. you were doing last week and the week before, you're actually doing differently today. It, yes. Every church today Yes, is doing absolutely. differently than yes. you were two weeks ago.
0: Absolutely, uh, yeah.
1: Which is amazing. And then the last yes. is this ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this uh, the sense of uneasiness, this sense mm-hmm. of, again, lack mm-hmm. of clarity, that things mm-hmm. just aren't clear. It's hard to know where we're headed and what it's going to be like.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, VUCA though, we'll go ahead.
0: Yeah. So to me, when I, this describes so many of us in leadership today, I know, you know, that obviously, you know, I, I literally just this morning, I was, I was on a phone call with a guy, we were in a meeting two weeks ago and it was just 14 days ago and it seems like years ago, you know, the, the, the whole situation we were in on just such a different, uh, different scenario. And I know, um, you know, even, you know, when we're seeing this across the country, the way we do church is changing rapidly. Everybody is now church online person. (laughs) And they're trying to figure out how to do that and are not sure, you know, and there's, there's ambiguity, you know, I keep uh, in, I'm in conversations again was in a conversation an hour ago, hour and a half ago where I keep listening to other leaders thinking I'm going to hear someone that's going to have the answer. (laughs) And what I'm finding out is no, we don't, none of us know, you know, and and we're all trying to figure out where we go next. Uh, Love that. Let's, let's dive in. How do we as leaders, Um, lead in that environment? What does that look like? What would be your advice for us in those environments?
1: Yeah. Well, if you look at at that VUCA or the VUCA world that we're in, really Mm -hmm. the common denominator that runs across all of those is the unknown. Mm -hmm. And and that's really what you were just talking about is we don't know uh, because Mm -hmm. things are uncertain, because things are volatile, because they're changing and they're ambiguous Mm -hmm. and so on. And, and that's really it, it's really important for us to uh, to recognize the reality of that, because um, unknown creates fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'd venture to say, Rich, that actually the fear of the unknown is actually mm-hmm. our greatest fear. Mm-hmm. It, it's not so much the fear right. of death. I mean, death is is the unknown in one way. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the fear of public speaking. But Hmm. but it's actually the fear of the unknown. At least in in, I've been a pastoral counselor in a variety of ways over the years, and that's what I see. And so, Hmm. Hmm. this VUCA world is this world of the unknown. So the question for us as leaders, um, as church leaders, as influencers, is how do we actually deal with the unknown? And Hmm. I would say the antidote or the answer to the unknown. Is that which is known,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and so what I'm encouraging uh, leaders to do and to be, uh, mm-hmm. or to establish today at this time mm-hmm. of volatility and uncertainty, is something similar to like when I was coaching my son's little league and soccer and so on. Is you've got the basic athletic stance, and that's you know mm-hmm. you put your feet at shoulders width and kind of bend your knees a little bit, and it, it, mm-hmm. it gives you both stability and agility. Mm -hmm. So so there's both of those, and and that's what we need is this kind of stance in this two-footed, stable, secure stance. And what that is, my suggestion is one leg is trust and the other leg is stewardship. Mm. That trust and stewardship combined actually help us have a stable yet agile stance and helps us address this issue of the unknown. Um, which we really address with that first leg of trust.
0: Mm. Well, why don't we, uh, so love that. I love, I think I love this idea too, of the athletic stance that like, hey, there's really two things. Why don't we dive into trust? What should we be thinking about uh, trust? What does that, um, you know, uh, so it's obviously trust in the Lord, uh, but let, let's unpack that. What does that look like for us today?
1: Yeah. Well, um, if if what we're facing is the unknown and if the mm. answer and the antidote to the unknown is actually what's known, mm. you're right, Rich. It, it's anchoring our trust in him who is knowable, who is known, and who is outside our circumstances. And that's obviously mm. the Lord. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: and, and so at it, it, this point um, – If you kind of think of of rock climbing, I don't know if you've gone rock climbing or those who have, um, but Mm -hmm. there's this concept of establishing in the face of the rock a few different anchor points that then create a master anchor point. And trust for us today really is a matter of coming back to who is God? What is he like? What are his attributes? Hmm. What's his character? What's his nature? It, it's looking to scripture to have these this variety of anchor points that then create a solid, stable place for us to, in essence, hang on to that which is known. Hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, scripture is full, full of all sorts of incredible anchor points like this for us um psalm 27 for example some trust in chariots some in horses maybe today we could say some trust in bank accounts or some right. trust in their uh their retirement um mm-hmm. but we trust in the name of the lord
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: trust in the lord and do good commit your way to the lord trust in him and he will act for you o lord the psalm 71 are my hope my trust o lord um, Isaiah 12 two, behold God is my salvation I will trust I will not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation mm-hmm. you know when uh, uh, two weeks ago I was actually in the Netherlands and I was mm-hmm. with a group of ministry leaders and church leaders and this was right as as the coronavirus was beginning to escalate and there was a national response. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was this was real time in the midst of how do we as church leaders um, uh, uh, sur- not survive, but how do we how do we walk through this mm-hmm. this time? And as we focused on trust in the Lord and as we actually spent some time looking up scripture, we spent some time reading through scripture together, we spent time praying through scripture together, there was this palpable calm. It just mm. seeped into the room and, and everybody just kind of took a breath, sat mm. back, and, and you could just see this relaxing. Um,
0: right.
1: You know, for myself, uh, I was uh, both preparing to head overseas, overseas, trying to get back. Uh, you and I were just <laughs> right. discussing the challenges of when you're international and you get mm. a call back and says it's time to come home, how to mm. do that when planes are filling up fast. And so, just in my own life, um, mm-hmm. see that fear of the unknown creates anxiety, and it mm-hmm. creates stress and panic, which is why mm-hmm. you see the panic shopping that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, it's it's really important for us to come back to what is sure, right. what is what is knowable.
0: Yeah, I I love this even uh, pastorally, um, and um, you know, interact with this here. So I I think um what you've given us is even a tool for as we interact with people to to name the fact that what they're afraid of is the unknown and um that that even um working through with people hey th- there here is an area where you know this might be this might help you understand or explain the anxiety that you're feeling it is because of this the unknown in your world and let's name a few of those things but then let's come back to what we know let's come back to what we know about god let's let's reflect that um i whether that's in a You know, a lot of us are on the phone talking to people in our churches, or whether that's, you know, we're preparing for Sunday, um, you know, what we're going to say this coming weekend, um, you know, drawing that parallel, I think even, um, you know, pastorally would be a great kind of tool or great um, way to kind of help people wrestle with the fear that they're feeling. Is that the kind of thing you could suggest in this, this conversation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as a as a leader and I I, um, and having been in leadership and having been in full time ministry for nearly 35 years. um, Mm -hmm. So there's a basic principle. You can't solve a problem until you can define the problem. Yeah. And so the principle is let's first define the problem. And, And I'm a huge advocate of actually defining the core problem, not the symptoms. Right. But the core problem, and that's kind of the idea: is that VUCA—the volatility, uncertainty, complexity, change, ambiguity—those in some ways are symptoms. The core is actually the unknown.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and, mm-hmm.
1: and you're right. I think it's it's simply just naming. Okay, what what am I sensing? What am I concerned about? What what are the issues that I'm facing today? And and um, there's this visceral response. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, even mm-hmm. myself, as I've been in different places and positions of stress and and anxiety and trying to figure things out um we get you kind of get that feeling inside maybe it's an uneasy stomach maybe it's just a sense of nerves or jitterness or jitters or something Mm -hmm. so yeah to to recognize the reality of that yeah but then that but that's not the focus right right it's it's easy for that to become the focus, just as easy as it is for the news feed to become our focus. But that right. feeds that fear. It feeds that unknown.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Rather, this is saying, okay, let's be proactive. Let's call right. that what it is. But now let's actually look to see what's really true, what's, what's above and beyond.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The big fancy word is what's transcendent, what, what's mm-hmm. outside of our circumstances, what transcends our circumstances. Well, that's actually the Lord. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to him. And frankly, even for my myself, so um, I'm just going back and looking at who is God and what are his mm-hmm. attributes. And that's mm-hmm. now actually become the fodder of my quiet time.
0: Right. Just
1: reviewing scripture. And what that does is it actually helps bring peace and calm mm-hmm. and assurance in my own soul. Right. But then it's also something that I can then share with others. It's something that I can you know, when my bucket's full of peace and calm and security and assurance mm-hmm. that, hey, let me, let me slosh this around uh, yes. to my team and to the people that we're working with and that we're serving.
0: Hmm. Very cool. Now you talked about two kind of in the athletic stance, you talked about two things. Uh, so we've talked about this idea of trust. What, what's, on, what's on that other leg? What's that other thing that we should be uh, leaning on?
1: Yeah. Well, let me just let me before it's it's stewardship. But before we move Mm -hmm. to stewardship,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: let me just just add a comment here. And that is, see, I actually think as Christ followers, we actually have uh, we have the reason to have hope and to have Mm. peace and to have Mm -hmm. calm in the midst of this Mm -hmm. In, in the increasing secular world in which we live most people are kind of like crossing their fingers. And if I say it'll be well, it'll, it'll turn out okay at the end of the day. Right. That's, that's, that's actually not a very secure anchor point. No. And, you know, no. as I was reading uh, through Matthew the other day, and it just reminded of Matthew 5 of we are light and there is really considerable darkness today. Mm. And so we've got a reason for peace and a reason for calm and a reason for hope so mm-hmm. let's actually share that. Let let's right. actually be light in our communities, in our families, in our neighborhoods, really, whatever way we can. And I think that's both by sharing. Hey, you know what? This is why I'm not freaked out today. I, right. I, yeah, I've I've lost X in my retirement account, or I've lost you know my job. But here's why I'm not, and that's because I know someone who is knowable, who is beyond this, and then right how can we sacrificially serve? And and that's mm-hmm. been the hallmark of the church historically, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: that's what turned the world upside down in the first century. It was mm-hmm. at times like this, it was the church being the church and being the body of Christ and being light and serving sacrificially when there was tremendous need. And so mm-hmm. I, for me, it's, it's trust first to anchor ourselves and then what's the output of that what's the outflow right. of that and that's yep. in our churches families community and so on
0: yeah that's very good and i know we're starting to see which we might get into at the end we're starting to see churches come up with some creative solutions around the serving piece particularly um because i you know i think there is a, a i think we're moving outside of the like okay so we just have to do church online now. And like, there's that initial, like everything's upside down, but then yeah, leaders are asking that question. Okay. So now what, this is the reality we're in at least for the coming weeks. Um, and there's going to be, you know, a whole bunch of impact long-term, but, uh, this is our new reality. How do we serve? Uh, love that. I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, it's kind of like, um, Again, sort of the last thing is related to this this trust side. But like, mm-hmm. I take daily supplements. Why? Because I, I, I want to be healthy. Well, <laughs> yes. So what I have found is during this time, it's not sort of a once and done. It's a daily right. renewal, a daily reminder yep. of who God is, what's His character, that I can trust in Him, and and then and then sharing that with others. And yeah, uh, very good. Great ideas uh, that are beginning to pop up of how we can serve. Uh, our broader communities, but when mm-hmm. we look at stewardship, so first we've got to really anchor our own souls. we can't mm-hmm. lead well if we ourselves as leaders aren't doing well
2: mm-hmm.
1: And again that's why that one leg we start with trust. but right. then there's the practical reality of wait a minute, we're in the midst of crisis, which really mm-hmm. means we're in the midst of this unprecedented change.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: how do we go about meeting the practical realities? associated with the change that's being imposed on us. And, and that mm-hmm. comes from the second leg of stewardship. Mm. And um, as ministries, as churches, uh, we're resource dependent,
2: mm-hmm.
1: meaning um, we, uh, we depend on people. We depend mm-hmm. on donations and giving uh, and and time. Those are really the three most important resources that we have and mm-hmm. when anything threatens those, um, we, we really have to steward those very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so my encouragement is in times like this to really look at three particular areas okay. that we can steward well. And that's people, finances and opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so first off, you, you know, we just we, we need to look at our people. Um, yep. And and that's if if we're pastors, that's certainly the people in our churches. That's our pastoral team. That's volunteers. That's even the broader community. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're in other types of nonprofits and ministries that maybe that's team members, maybe that's a headquarter staff or, or whoever that is. But obviously, Paul talks about looking to Jesus is, you know, not just thinking about our own needs, but what are the needs of others? And so right. it really begins with with stewardship is first safety, mm-hmm. um, and, and that is what are the decisions that you need to make to ensure that your people are safe and that's physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, at Aero Leadership, uh, we from a stewardship capacity and with our people, we, we've actually made the decision and we made this a while ago that our people would work remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone who can. We have a very small skeleton, skeletal crew within the office, Mm
2: -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they
1: are socially distanced. They're in enclosed offices or spaces and anything that's touched gets cleaned immediately because we want to keep people safe. We want to keep our team safe. Um, So as we think about stewardship, and that's really Mm -hmm. obviously what has Taken the church digital this last week, right? It's like, wait a minute, it's unsafe for us to come together as a large group. So, what can we do? How can we continue Mm -hmm. to connect, but keep people safe? Mm -hmm. So that's really the first area, Um, and and to look at that, what are the immediate changes that we need Mm -hmm. to make for -hmm. people's safety in. As you think of stewardship, it's helpful to think in phases. There's kind mm-hmm. of an immediate crisis emergency response. right? And that's today, tomorrow, next week, maybe the next two to four weeks. Mm-hmm. But then what does it look like uh, maybe a month from now, for the next two months beyond? Mm-hmm. That? Mm-hmm. And then what does it look like further out? So first thinking along the lines of people, safety, and just how do we communicate with our people? Right. Are right. we... Are we giving them good information? Are we giving them up-to-date information? Are we anticipating their questions? Right. Because they they don't know. Um right. and so because they don't know, there's fear, there's anxiety. So try and think about the questions that they're asking about wait a minute, about my role, my job, right. my world, my yep. so how can we anticipate and then answer those questions. So safety and then communication are two real important ways to think about stewarding people here initially.
0: Yeah, huge, huge issue there. And, you know, I know um, a lot of churches are facing, frankly, financial pinches and and there are, um, I know know not everyone who's on this call maybe even can look clearly into their finances to get a sense of where things are at. Um, But what I would encourage you is to be clear with your people on where things are at financially, because the unknown, um, people are thinking it, your staff are thinking it, am I going to lose my job next week? Like that, that is in people's brains today. And so how can we uh, be clear with people on that? And sure. And it's going to be difficult for them to serve in that environment. It's going to be difficult for them to, uh, to reach out. And because of, you know, whether it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs they're they're at a, like, I don't know if I am gonna be able to feed my family next week. Um, I'm not sure I can make these 25 calls right now because of that. Um, and so, you know, being clear. And I think the communication piece is critically important. We've got to open up new, like you're saying, open up new channels, get in front of them more, um, you know, stay more connected than we ever have uh, before. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: Well, and you know, as a leader um, we don't have all the answers, especially mm-hmm. when everything's changing all the time. And so if you don't know, it's okay to say that, Mm -hmm. Um, but let people know what you'll do to figure it out and give them a deadline by when you'll get back to them. Mm -hmm. Um, What that does is that creates, even in a little microcosm way, it says, okay, here is something that is known. They don't know the answer today, but they're going to go work on it and get back to me. So, again, mm-hmm. a real simple communication principle is you're right. Anticipate the questions, answer the questions before they ask them because they're thinking of them already. Right. And if you do that, it actually shows you care. It shows you're on top of things. Um, it, it, and, uh, but then if you don't know, let them know and, and, and move forward. So, um,
0: yeah, that's very and, good. And
1: figure it out and let them, and, and then do let them know.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of
1: the second area of stewardship here is obviously our finances, and, and that may be our financial resources, that may be facilities, that may be technology, that there are quite a few things that can fit within this area.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, um, I, when I especially come alongside ministries and churches and, and organizations, my rule of thumb is always have to the best ability that you can three to six months of contingency funds. and and. Generally speaking, that, that hasn't always um, fell, uh, fallen on ears that were as attentive. Today mm-hmm. is the reason why that's necessary. Now if you don't have that, th- then uh, you know th- then we can't, we, we can't we're not going to look backwards and be critical.
2: Mm-hmm. But going
1: forward, my encouragement is it all, if at all possible, try to have three to six months of reserves so that you can weather yeah. storms. That's just really a good that's good stewardship is what we mm-hmm. say, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the idea of calculating the cost and being prepared and developing contingency plans, there are two pieces to that. First to, to, is to do an assessment of what do we have?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, basically, it's looking in the, in the storehouses and, and in a biblical context, how much grain have we got? Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, the other piece of that is how much do we spend? Um, mm-hmm. what's the what's the weekly or daily, weekly, or monthly burn, if you will? Mm-hmm. And, and you basically have to look at those two. Here's what mm-hmm. we have. Here's what we anticipate may come in. Here's mm-hmm. how much we spend on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Once you have those two figures, you can begin to do some forecasting as to
2: mm-hmm.
1: w- we're stable, we're good here. Um, here's where things get tight. Here's where things get... Um, potentially uncomfortable or dangerous, or we have to make some more significant changes. Mm -hmm. And and you can look at that. Again, what that does is it helps create what's knowable. Mm -hmm. Because you know how much you have. You know how much you can anticipate spending. Um, You may have an idea of giving. And I think for all of us, we just need to be leaning in and giving all the more at this time, even Mm -hmm. realizing that there are folks that are losing their jobs and having, uh, incredible challenges, but mm-hmm. how can we do this to have our church, um, our team or organization going forward?
0: Yeah, I love, uh, so some good stuff there. And I, I know there are lots of leaders that are listening in that are saying, yeah, like I wish I had three to six months, uh, in the bank or in some sort of, you know, liquid form that I could get access to And they don't, and the organization I lead, we don't have that, yeah. um, but you know what we've uh, one of the things I've I've practices I've changed similar to what you've said is on my if you could see my whiteboard that's right behind here I've got our latest cash balance written down I've got our hey this is our monthly burn rate and I know what you know we in our world we get like regular um, revenue that comes from or, or other organizations normally we're like super gracious trying to like help those people we're being really clear with them we're on to multiple times a week reaching out, Hey, like you've said, you'd pay this. We actually do need these resources now. Um, so, you know, I normally don't have our cash balance written on my whiteboard, but I know at this moment that that number is an important one. I want to keep all the people who work here and we want to, you know, keep an eye on that. So, um, you know, that could be a practice. And then I think even just as we're interacting with leaders, the people that we, we interact with um, you know, I run a nonprofit as well that, you know, we, we want to be ready for that time when someone calls and says, Hey, I'm choosing between three. I'd love to hear what you're thinking on, on that front.
1: Yeah. Well uh, not only do we steward um, our resources that we currently hold, but there's, there's a stewardship of opportunity here mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. before us and mm-hmm. change. Crisis means change and change can be an incredible opportunity for us. Right most often in crisis and in, in 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 change times, what we actually wanna do is we wanna bunker. Uh, we we right. want to have this bunker mentality. We wanna move into this protective mode. And, and that's really normal, that's really natural. But my encouragement is actually, is this not an opportunity for us to consider of doing things differently and maybe more effectively? Kind of goes back to, I mean, we've all been watching the growth of the nuns um, Mm -hmm. over the last multiple years. And that is those who have no faith, those who have no belief in God. Mm -hmm. My wife and I, we were missionaries in the Czech Republic for many years. Mm Eighty seven percent of the population didn't believe in God or didn't care. Um, That's now seeping here. Well, is this actually today an opportunity? Again, going back to we've got an anchor point. We've got something that actually is sure in the midst of all of this uncertainty to, mm-hmm. to share that. So what are ways that, that we can actually see this moment? It's crisis, call it what it is. It's a time of unprecedented change, but then looking at it from the opportunity uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that goes back to how can we sacrificially serve? How can we be light in darkness at this at this time? And, and so with that, you know, the, the first thing to do with, 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 with opportunity here in trying to be innovative is what are the needs, what are the pinch points, mm-hmm. what are the problems that we're facing? Or maybe what are the way things were? What wasn't actually working that well? Mm-hmm. And usually innovation comes out of uh, recognizing a problem and creating a solution to that problem. If you just mm-hmm. look at most technology, uh, most of the great, uh, the things that we rely on today was somebody was trying to address a problem that they just happened to right. observe. Right. So if we take kind of a step back and just look and listen, now mm-hmm. in order to do that, I actually think you gotta have calm. So you, that's the yes. trust piece. <laughs> Yes. You, you gotta have things figured out in terms of your mm-hmm. people and your finances, your facilities and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, but once you've got that and a bit of a plan phased out, how can we actually look at this and pivot to opportunity?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Praise God. Love it. And
1: start looking at, okay, so why is this the way it is? Um, what if we did it this way? What if we Mm -hmm. tried that? So it really starts with this idea of looking and listening and, and trying to find out actually where the frustration points are, where the pinch points is what I call it, or the problems are so that we can begin to identify some solutions. And you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you've heard it a thousand times, but necessity is the mother of invention. Well, mm-hmm. t- today's problems are actually tomorrow's <laughs> innovations. Yes. Uh, and so looking at this for that opportunity.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, that's a real hopeful, uh, optimistic way to look at it, which I love, which is, hey, you know, it is in, uh, you know, at the end of the day, entrepreneurs or, you know, leaders are identified problems and then find solutions for those problems. Well, we have a world with lots of problems right now. <laughs> so it, we, leaders are needed in this moment, right? And, and I do think that this is a moment where the church is going to step in and make all kinds of real positive difference in, uh, you know, in the world around us. So, um, you know, I'm excited to even hear about those in the coming days, like things that are like, oh, churches are trying, uh, you know, for the the, the, the future. Are, are, are you guys seeing that even in your own organization? Obviously, you work with people all over the world. Are, have you shifted a little bit or changed some of the way you're working with people to see, you know, some opportunity there for, uh, you know, for, for the way you serve your, your clients, your guests, your how, however you call them?
1: <laughs> we, we develop Jesus Center Leaders. So yeah, we don't yes. call them clients. We're, we're a nonprofit ministry. And yes. so yep. we do have some things that are fee-based. Um, yep. But for every dollar that's paid in a fee, we actually raise another dollar. Right, right, right. Um, and so you're right. We, we, we have changed things. Two and a half weeks ago, our leadership team made um, a proactive, though sacrificial, decision that we would postpone all of our programs and trainings for at least mm. the next two months under the fall. Right. And, and so we felt we saw early on we had an opportunity to help to do our part to help flatten the curve. And because mm-hmm. we actually bring people together from all across Canada, the US, internationally, mm-hmm. uh, that actually that's not a good thing to do right now
2: <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's
1: transmitted face-to-face. It's transmitted person-to-person. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to be a transmission point. So mm-hmm. that was the first thing we did is, is we said, okay, we're going to postpone our trainings, move them to the fall.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: that also meant that we wouldn't receive fees associated with those trainings. But okay. Right. The second thing that we did is we said, we're going to pivot and we're going to actually pivot to how can we serve? How mm-hmm. can we serve the broader body of Christ? And so there are right. a couple different things that we've done and implemented. First Mm -hmm. thing we've done is we've gone through uh, some of our curated blogs and so on. Mm -hmm. We've created a a lead different toolkit um, for these COVID-19 coronavirus times. You just go to our website, again, arrowleadership.org, and you'll find for personal leadership, for team leadership, and organizational leadership, free tools. And they're downloadables, short, Mm -hmm. to the point, practical, trying to help you, um, and we're uploading new tools to that, to that every day. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing we're doing is um, we're, we're making some time available
2: mm-hmm.
1: for ministries, for churches who would like some coaching through crisis. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's limited time um, mm-hmm. on a first-come, first-served basis. But if people oh, Rick, email F at arrowleadership.org, um, we will try and help as many people as we can to answer your questions based on what, it, here's the idea. Um, we've got a toolbox, if you will, mm-hmm. of experience, of staff, of resources. How can we take what's in that toolbox and make it available to serve you today, right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, the, these coaching calls, that we're not they're not fee-based. They're just, how right. can we serve you? So it was making adjustments.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: was, how can we pivot to serve? And Mm -hmm. then the next piece that we're doing, uh, Rich, is we're looking at how can we, with the training and the development and the resourcing that we provide, how can we reimagine it in some new ways? Mm -hmm. We have some what we call Mm -hmm. non-negotiables. So Jesus-centered, that's a Mm non-negotiable for us. Mm -hmm. Transformative is non-negotiable for us. uh, Community-anchored is is a non-negotiable for us. Mm-hmm. But but other things are are flexible. So how mm-hmm. can we take um, our programs and whether that's the you come to us or that we come to you or the other resources? And so how can we reimagine those for what mm-hmm. it's going to be like after this tsunami hits? Yes. And 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 then and then rushes back out to see how mm-hmm. can we be positioned in a place to serve the body of Christ all the more effectively.
0: Yeah, love it. We we were talking before um, about how, you know, hey, there's this whole shift to digital, but uh, you pushed back a little bit on that. And I was like, that's a uh, talk about that. That's a unique idea, I think, for us to yeah. think about. Yeah. So what
1: what's really struck me now on one hand and just getting to the, the shift to digital. So what yeah. Rich and I were talking about is. the the global church went online two weeks ago and all of a sudden we have got streamed services in phenomenal ways. And in that Mm -hmm. sense, there's access to church in more ways today than ever before in the history of the church. Uh, Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And and so a lot of people are talking about, wow, that's the way it's going to be now going forward. And and my Mm -hmm. view was, um, I, I think there are wonderful and great opportunities to use technology and digital for the church. To mm-hmm. turn up our volume, to actually make our light brighter, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's there's something powerful in personal connection. Right. And and what really struck me in in all the stats that I've been reading, and I'm a bit of a news junkie, and so I, I confess, <laughs> I I my news feed, I pay too much attention at times. I've had to actually yeah. just turn it off and put my phone away. Yeah. But, but one of the stats that struck me the most was related to travel. Hmm. And that is prior to 9-11, global travel was about 500 million, so about a half a billion trips a year. Yep. In 2019, it was nearly 5 billion. Wow. A tenfold increase wow. in 20 years, less than 20 years. Huh. Now, the world's population, 7, 7.5 billion. Those aren't 5 billion unique individual trips or individuals traveling. Wow. But what it did tell me is, see, this virus has spread. Because of personal contact, right. even though we are the most technologically advanced and the most digitally connected in human history, people are more connected personally today than mm-hmm. ever before. And that's actually why this virus has spread. And right. it shows how fast it spread. 169 countries, according to Johns Hopkins, mm-hmm. um, now have cases of the coronavirus. There are 195 total. So this has gone from one country to 169 in the matter of six to eight weeks.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. That's amazing. We
1: we surpassed 400,000 people who today Mm -hmm. have or have had the virus. Mm -hmm. Um, What that tells me is actually how do we capitalize on the connection? Mm. How do we capitalize on that piece for kingdom purposes, because we mm-hmm. are more connected today than ever before. Yes, technologically, but also right. personally.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. I think that's a fascinating idea. I love that's interesting statistic that 10 X growth and the fact that we're, you know, more connected, more physically connected than we've ever had before. And, and, you know, we are, um, you know as much as it almost sounds like we're yelling into the darkness to say this, we are in a moment, not a new future. you know what we 're experiencing now is a moment, and that moment very well may be extended for a long time, you know, measured in months um, but the world will return back to um you know a, a new normal, sure, it will be changed you know in a in a similar way where you know these historic events throughout history have changed the way we live, but um, you know, we're headed back there. And what does that look like, you know, for us? So um, yeah, interesting, you know, fascinating ideas. Well, we had a few questions come in. Would you be okay if we, uh, if we pitch to a couple of those? Yeah. So let me
1: um, just say one thing and that is, yeah, yeah, totally. You say something really important. This goes back to communication. Mm-hmm. As leaders, we have to communicate hope. Mm-hmm. This crisis actually will have an end. And again, if if we have our faith anchored in in the Lord, then we actually have a reason for hope that people need hope. And so Mm -hmm. even more so in times like this, but not false hope, not crossed fingers kind of hope, Mm -hmm. but a hope that is sure, a hope that doesn't disappoint, as Paul writes in Romans 5, for example. And, mm-hmm. and so it just in that communication piece, that that's another thing that I think is really important to remember is let's give people a reason to hope. Let's remind them the crisis. It's actually things are probably going to get better or get worse before they get better, but they will get better. There, There is a day when the light shines again, if you will.
0: Nice. So get questions. Um, yeah, before we do that, things are changing rapidly. I just got a, a tool actually from your group, um, Perfect. that will, uh, we're actually going to, oh I just deleted it. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about this tool <laughs> while I re upload it? You can tell we live in a fast moving thing. I literally just got this email. Uh, so tell us about the tool that you're providing to us today. Yeah. Um, and, and then I'll get it up in the group. It'll appear for folks that are listening in.
1: Perfect. Okay. Well, Again, uh, what we wanted to do, what we're trying to do is put together some very simple, practical, biblically anchored tools to help leaders, to help pastors, to help churches and ministries, wherever you are, whatever your context, whether it's small, large, medium. Um, and there's lots of stuff out there. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll be the first say we don't have all the answers, but mm-hmm. whatever's in our toolbox, we want to make available for you. Mm-hmm. And so this is really just a summary of the main points of what we're talking about today. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, kind of starts with nothing's meaningful without a context. So what's mm-hmm. this context in describing the VUCA world? Uh, mm-hmm. But it's really this fear of the unknown. And then that two-footed stance of trust and stewardship. So it, what what you find is these points and then some practical points and then some questions
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: to help you consider Uh, how to implement, how to apply what you and I have talked about today, Rich.
0: Yeah, fantastic. A great tool. So it's sharing there, friends. You can download that. Uh, we'll also follow up with that uh, in the future. So a couple of questions. We got question, and there's been a little chatter on, you know, which I love it, in the box around this question. So uh, Tyler said, basically, um, there's people in his congregation that are, and maybe even some elders that are saying, hey, no, we should keep meeting. Um, how would you respond to that? What would, you know, what would, what do you think we should be saying uh, to that? And I, and I I'm assuming by the context of the question, it's not just meeting online, it's actually physically meeting. Um, what would you say? How, what would your counsel be to Tyler or to other leaders who are um, you know think you know asking a similar question today? Yeah,
1: it's a great question um, and and there's two thoughts that first come to mind. I mean one is Romans thirteen in terms of the idea of respect of governmental authority, and governmental authority has asked us not to meet, and so one way that we actually demonstrate respect to the Lord is respect the the authorities that are over us. Mm
2: -hmm. The other
1: thing is, um, see, uh, we do know that this is a virus, but we Mm -hmm. don't know who has it unless they've been tested and are symptomatic. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do know it is transmitted by person, uh, by Mm -hmm. personal contact. And so if I really care for my people, because I don't know who has it and who doesn't, but I know that I'm putting people at risk by bringing people together, That actually, because I care for you, because I love you, um, I actually think it's best if we don't meet. But I recognize Mm -hmm. the challenge of that. I recognize, you you know, and again, kind of digital, digital isn't the answer for everything. I love the ability to connect. But Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I can get distracted Mm -hmm. uh, more easily when I'm watching church on my screen than if I'm physically present. Mm
2: -hmm. So...
1: Uh, there's going to be a time where we're going to come together. This is not the way it's going to be going forward, but we're asking for sacrifice. And mm-hmm. so I, I think coming from a perspective of care and compassion for the people, mm-hmm. uh, the individuals, but also for the church as a whole, um, it's mm-hmm. actually really unhealthy and really unsafe. It goes back to that stewardship and safety piece. Right. Um, it's unsafe because we yep. don't know. And um, because we don't know and we can't know who has it, because people can spread it before they are symptomatic, that that we do know. So again, you make decisions based on what you do know in the midst of the unknown, based on the priorities of safety, stewardship, trust, and so on.
0: Mm -hmm. Great, fantastic. A couple questions there. Uh, So I've had a few questions on staffing. People have been sending me some private questions around staffing, particularly, um, so, I, I'd encourage people. This is a bit of an ad for our Thursday podcast. We're doing our webinar. We're doing a conversation um, with David Middlebrook, particularly on the FFCRA, which is a new law that was just passed in the States for all our American friends um, that does directly impact the staffing issues. So, I would encourage you to come back for a more full, robust conversation around. Uh, you know, staffing particularly, but I wonder if you could speak more broadly from a leadership perspective, how should we be thinking about the kind of management of staff in these seasons, you know, churches are facing potentially having to lay people off, um, not so much the the mechanics of the HR, make sure you fill out this form side of that more the kind of how, how should we be thinking about processing that with our people caring for our people uh, in in these days? Um, you know, what would you say to that, Rick?
1: Yeah. Well, what um, I think of John 13, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think of the Last Supper, and I think of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why that comes to mind, because what you're talking about is having a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And we oftentimes look, Jesus says, hey, I set an example for you, follow my example. And and Mm -hmm. where do our minds go to? Our minds actually go to Servant leadership. And yes, Mm -hmm. that's there. The master took on the role of a servant. But what the master also did that sometimes we overlook is Jesus washed the day's dirt off their feet. Mm -hmm. Jesus, and and to do that, because that's actually really a rather unpleasant thing, depending on Mm
0: -hmm. where you've been walking.
1: (laughs) Where you've been walking and so on. But (laughs) to do that actually means you really care. You Mm. really love. See, actually, there was not only an act of service, but there was an act of love
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and commitment. And so I actually think that's how the conversation gets framed. Right. Because we tend to avoid these conversations because they're unpleasant, they're uncomfortable. But if we can actually reframe the conversation of I love you, I'm committed to you. I'm also, but we also have stewardship. Decisions right. that we
0: have to Real make. Real issues, yep.
1: Um, and, and we're trying to balance those the best way we can. Um, mm-hmm. This is not about you, this is about our circumstance. But, but if we can frame it as a leader mm-hmm. um, from a position of love, of commitment, from advocacy, then I'm going to approach that conversation uh, differently. Yeah, um, it's not from a place of fear. You know, John mm-hmm. writes, "Perfect love casts out fear." So I, I, I'm not a fearful for the conversation. I love the person. Yeah, we're going to have it uncomfortable. We're going to have a challenging uh, conversation that I don't really want to have, but we're going to engage it in a way that hopefully is reflective of that kind of love and commitment and service in the midst of these times and yes as a church because you're a legal entity you do have to abide by uh employment laws and whatever Mm -hmm. they are in your locale you've got to be attentive to that and that that varies across uh, the us and across canada Mm -hmm. and um, so from an organizational perspective yes you have to pay attention to that so make sure you're aware of it Mm -hmm. and that you also keep that in mind but it really comes back to that heart. And I've had lots of hard conversations with folks and tears mm-hmm. across the table or, you know, on the the across the coffee uh, top. And, but I've also had people come back and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a hard conversation, but I, but I could tell you cared. Yeah, So that, Absolutely. that, that would be a, recommend, a recommendation.
0: Well, we're coming back up to the top of the hour, and uh, you know, friends who are listening in, uh, we there are some folks have had connection problems, so um, we are sending out to everyone who who registered. You're going to get a, a replay. So um, if you're here and you're kind of bummed that you missed part of it, just you'll get that replay, and that'll have the whole thing on. Uh, we haven't had any problems between the two of us, which is no. which is great. So that means we've got a great recording, which is good. So, um, but then also to you know reinforce, if you'd like to get a chance. Uh, I'm going to underline what Rick said. He's offering to, you know, to help, uh, you know, to jump on the phone to a limited number of people. Obviously, he doesn't have, you know, endless amounts of hours. Just email Rick F at arrowleadership.org. Um, if you've got more questions, you'd love to reach out to him. He's a, uh, as you see, kind, compassionate and wise leader and would love to, uh, you know, to connect with you. Um, Rick, if people want to get in touch with with arrow to learn more about what you do specifically, where should we be sending them? Where, where, where do we want to be uh, sending people today?
1: Yeah, for sure. Go to our website. Um, and uh, it, it, that's arrowleadership.org And there you can find uh, information about our programs, about the different resources that we have, the different ministry partnerships that we have. Again, we're, we're here to serve you. We're here to help you be a Jesus centered leader in your place, in your world, to lead as effectively as you can.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and we would love to set up um, a conversation with you and share more about our whatever we've got. We've, we've got a free monthly yep. blog. We've got downloadable tools. Again, we've got the special toolkit just right now for the coronavirus, the COVID-19. So yep. that's right in the it. top banner. But just visit our website. There's a contact us uh, point at lots of places in the website. And mm-hmm. we would just love to set up a conversation and, and help you learn more about what we do so that what you do, you can do more effectively for a greater kingdom impact.
0: That's great. Rick, I appreciate being uh, here today. Thank you so much for for giving your time. And uh, thanks for, for being on the show. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you, Rich. Really appreciate uh, this what you're focusing on this week. And you're doing the same mm-hmm. thing. How can we come alongside and serve one another? So mm-hmm. good. Thank you. Thanks. I really appreciate
0: thanks so much, man. Have a great day. Take care.
1: Like white. Bye bye now.